Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. And boys and girls, I should say, for this particular episode. Joining me today is at Geki Azuma. This young man is just 17 years of age. You will not believe the things that are coming out of his mouth. Oh my God, I am so bullish for the future. These young men and women who have fallen down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, some as young as the age of 14, as Jackie tells us in this particular episode. Sit back, enjoy this episode because I think it will leave a big smile on your face and a, and a warm glow in your heart. Thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Before we get to the show, I would like to give the deserved shout out for the companies that are being built in this space to make it easy for us to stack sats and for us to tell our friends and family and show them how they can do it too. In the UK, you can use CoinFloor, Bitcoin only exchange, coinfloor.co.uk. In Europe, you can use relay.ch, R-E-L-A-I.ch. And hello, everybody across the pond, brothers, sisters, cousins, aunties, uncles, over there listening in the US. Thank you so much for tuning in. Swanbitcoin.com have you covered. Use forward slash bitten for all of these companies. That would unlock some extra goodness. Then go and create your own affiliate links so you can help onboard your friends and family. Then... Take control of your sats, people, not your keys, not your cheese. Go to shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten. Get the Bitbox O2 Bitcoin only edition wallet. Here's Geki. Nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you, too. So Lauren is here. She's got a runoff, actually, for, uh, for one of her clubs. Uh, so why don't you fire away with the first question? Okay, so um, why do you like Bitcoin? Oh, that's that's a that's a good question, but also a difficult one. Let's say that why do I like Bitcoin? Let me think. I gotta give a good answer here. So, I mean, Bitcoin is everything. Uh, it. The, the, the thing that I like about Bitcoin, it is not only limited to the finance aspect, um, but it has the potential to really change a lot of things. Um, and the what, what made me uh, like a lot of Bitcoin is that when I entered this space uh, years ago, I, let's say, found originally I only wanted the money. Um, but then with time, I came to realize that there was more to it and I, and there are different approaches to it. There is a philosophical aspect. There is a geopolitical aspect to it. Uh, there is a technology aspect to it. Um, uh, obviously financial and believe it or not, I believe there is also like 
a religious aspect to it. Not many people say that uh, Bitcoin sounds like a religion sometimes. I do have a do I, I do agree with that, and we can get into that later. But you know, it, it resonates like it, it, it's similar to our religion, and it's not a bad thing in my opinion. So all these things together um, make me like it because it it's basically it takes the good and of all these things and you put it in one thing uh, and and this can really have an, an impact on the future. How does that sound? Cool. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Bitcoin touches every aspect of everybody's life. And it can help people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, good question. I know you've got to run, so do you want to yeah, say Yeah, okay, yeah. Thank you, for the, uh, thank you for the answer. Bye. Bye. Thanks for the question. So just to give, uh, thank you, first of all, for, for answering Lauren's question. Uh, widely no respected as the toughest interviewer in the space. Yeah. It was a hard question. I'm um, not going to lie. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, give the, to, to give the listeners some kind of context as to how this was set up, this was set up during my interview with Al's Lacrosse. I think we were probably a couple of hours deep at that point, uh, having a good time, having a few beers uh, on my end at least. And he, we we started talking about Dirtbag Friday, and he said, "Oh man, you got to reach out to to Atgeki. You you know, there's this like uh, Italian kid sitting over there. He tunes in every week. I mean, well, I don't know what time of the morning that is for you that uh, uh, Dirtbag Friday it's starts. 3 but he's like, you've got to reach out to him." Yeah. Three, yeah, around yeah. three a.m. Yes, <laughs> and it's worth it. It's worth it. So you and and you're there. You're there each week. Not each week. Uh, unfortunately, in the last period, you know, I, I still go to high school. So uh, last couple of months has been harder. Uh, but let's say that 2020, I was basically there all the time uh, uh, since April. I think or March I don't remember when it started and uh, now I kind of have to dedicate more time to school unfortunately uh, but yeah I still pop in from time to time all right mate how old are you if you're still at, old, uh, at high school yeah I'm 17 I will be 18 this year officially the youngest person to appear on the Once Bitten podcast, other than Lauren, of course, or, or any of my other kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, um, that's amazing. So, all right, I got a lot of questions about that. How on earth then did you find Bitcoin at such a young age? What, what made you think that, wait a minute, this money's broken, I need a better way to, to, to save? And I yes. don't know. What are you spending your money on? And probably I, I see a lot of computer games behind you and stuff. Maybe that's your passion. But uh, yeah, what, what, so, what brought you? What brought you here? Okay, this. So we're talking middle of 2017, uh, around June, July. Uh, so I was I was basically 14 um, at that time. And I was playing a computer game called the Counter-Strike Global Offensive. I don't know if you know it, but basically it's like a FPS game for person shooter. 
Uh, and in this game, you can own digital um, skins for your guns, basically. So, or knives or stuff like that. So, and, and these guns and, uh, and knives and skins have a real a value. Like you can exchange them for US dollars on a third party market. Um, and so I obviously I got interested in the game and then I got interested in the, um, let's say, money aspect of the game. Like I started kind of trading skins, you know, selling, buying for a higher, buying for a, buying, selling for a higher price, trying to make a profit. And I was actually making a profit. Um, and so I, I went on a third party side exchange to sell it and you know, when I w watched, when I looked at the, and I did this for like this, this for like a month. And when I saw like the withdraw options, there were like PayPal, uh, Skrill, some other stuff. And then I watched, I saw Bitcoin and I was like, wait a second, what's this? I don't know about this. Um, and the reason why it interested me, because I did some research and I was like, wait, I don't need to be 18 to use this. Because, you know, if you have a PayPal, if you have a Skrill account, you need to register the 18. Back in the time, they didn't ask you for documents, but now they do, I believe. Uh, so I was like, wait a second, I don't have to be 18 for this. I can just use it right now. So that got me interested and made my first wallet on the blockchain ex exchange. I remember it was called some really sketchy exchange uh, that uh, also... Uh, did not ask for documents. That that was the cool thing about 2017. Exchanges didn't ask you for documents. Um, uh, and then, so I, I made an account. I withdrew money with Bitcoin. It arrived pretty soon. I was like, wait, that this is really cool. Um, and yeah, that's, that's basically when I jumped in and there's no stopping from there. Like, I, I was hooked. Um, and then, you know... End of 2017, around December, that was the shitcoin phase. Uh, then I learned to avoid shitcoins. And, you know, now maximalist. Now I'm a maximalist after yeah, <laughs> almost four did you, years. <clears throat> did you did you kind of try any of the, the other coins, uh, taking hold of those? Or did you just manage to, like, completely avoid them? Oh, other are sheet coins? No, no, I I did go deep into the mm. sheet coin. Uh, into did you? Coin. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And got fingers burnt like everybody else, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I was fortunate because, you know, uh, I got wrecked big on some and then, you know, others went up and I said, okay, I'm out. I closed them in profit. I was like, not doing this anymore. Uh, so I, I did end up not, I don't know, I, I should like calculate it, but it should be fine. Like I did get, you know, burned. I didn't get hit hard. I know people that really got hit hard during that period. So I'm lucky. Uh, if you want a cool fact, I was into BitConnect. The, 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 yeah, I was into BitConnect. That was so fun. Um, I was in things like October and I, I still remember the day when it all fell down. It was like January 16th. Uh, it was the biggest shit show I've ever seen. Uh, when I think about it, I laugh so much. <laughs> oh, man. 
Did you get any of your friends into this at the same time? Were you like the the kid at school, like guys? You have no idea what's going on. Like you, you yeah, that's you've got to start following me on this. That's pretty much me. So uh, I did manage to get one of my friends in, my my best friend. Um, the others, not really. Um, so for some time. Okay, I for for you and this is pretty recent, uh, like last five months. So for for all the years I've been a maximalist. So since like twenty eighteen till now, I didn't really think that I should have um, exposed myself as the Bitcoin kid, right? At at some point I was going. I told my friends and I told most of my family. Uh, except my mother, obviously, because I need I rely on her to buy Bitcoin, and my grandma that I sold Bitcoin uh, for you know opsec reasons. I was like I don't want them to know, uh, you know, don't really trust, even though it's like my family or my close friends. Um, but then at some point I was like, okay, maybe I should ease a bit on this, be a bit more chill. So. Doing this, I tried to, you know, orange peel my friends. And what I came to realize is that not many are open to, you know, getting orange peeled. And that's fine by me. Like, you don't have to force it. At some point, they will figure it out by themselves. Uh, this one friend of mine, uh, he has my, the same age as me. Uh, he welcomed the orange peel and he believes in what, you know, I do, we do. He's a maximalist uh, uh, too. And he started stacking like, I don't know, five months ago. Um, this is cool, man. This is, I had, um, I've not been exposed to, you know, 14 to 17 year old kids falling down the rabbit hole and just becoming maximalists and understanding exactly what the answer you gave Lauren at the beginning about how you, yeah, sure. You you came for the money because you were trading skins, but then you've it's completely changed your whole outlook. And for me, yeah. it's difficult to look on world events and kind of um, just like walk around a supermarket or something like that because you're like, oh my god, if I could just wake every person in here up and, and help them, and this is the reason I started the podcast. But still, you just feel like. Uh, Neo walking around in a matrix, but you're sitting in a classroom, looking around your 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 peers all day long, and your teachers especially, right? I mean, it must be very difficult to sit there and kind of even half respect some of the stuff that's coming out of their mouths and what they're being forced to teach you. How does that exactly. kind of? How do you offset that madness? Yeah, so. It's true. It's like it's like you feel like Neo in the Matrix. What I came to realize is that you cannot save everyone, or at least you will save everyone, but each has their own time. Like you gotta, you can't, you know, storm into their mind and try and orange peel them because then they're gonna reject all that you say. Um, the only way they will truly believe in what we, we we say we could teach them is that if they accept it themselves so if they come searching for us themselves what i have done 
with my teachers and my uh, family members and my friends is that I like drip, 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 oh, wait, drip, drip feed them, okay, and I, I couldn't say it, drip feed them a bit of the orange peel, okay, something happened, something came up about, I don't know, financial stuff, and I was like, hey, you know, Bitcoin, this and that, uh, philosophy, philosophy, hey, you know, Bitcoin, this and that, and, you know, give them something, but not storming and try to convince them uh, forcefully. So when someone then becomes interested, because after all of this, they kind of realize themselves the truth and they come to me and they say, hey, can you teach me some? Okay, then, then I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're on the right way to understand it. And this so far has only happened with my friend uh, and my, my mother. That basically, she's the first one in Orange Build. Uh, my friend and my uncle, which is pretty recent, actually. My uncle works in a bank. Uh, so, you know, he was pretty against Bitcoin for many years. Uh, and then he started to see, you know, being in, working in a bank, the stuff they do. And he was like, you know, maybe it's not that bad owning some Bitcoins, you know. Can you can you make it, like, can, can you buy some for me? So I was, I got him some sats. He's not really deep into it right now, but um, is is eventually gonna go in uh, as we do. But you know, it's you. We cannot expect uh, the peop these people to uh, really understand this fast uh, because. As you said, they're, they are not, this is the way I see it. their brain are not ready, their brains are not ready to see this because their whole lives, especially teachers, um, uh, have been taught to say something else, uh, have been taught that Bitcoin is not something that is possible, uh, has been, have been taught that the system we live in will be eternal uh, they have been taught that this system we live in right now is the only one and the best one there is so and this for their whole lives and then when someone comes around and says hey this system is about to you know crumble down and this is the solution you know jump ships they go in denial and and that's fair like it's not their fault they have been you know forced to believe that way and yeah, and, and that's something that I really liked about reading the sovereign individual because it says that you cannot expect um, like in, in a social organization, the biggest taboo of that social organization is that the people inside of it should not think of the social organization falling or what will come after. So it's like, you are into big. You are not into Bitcoin, right? You are a normal peop, a normal person. The, 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 let's say. You are not. How do I say this? Wait a second. You are not led. You you are not encouraged. Yeah, that's the good word. You're not encouraged to think how the nation state will fall, you know, 
and it's not and it's not like there are like big powers group of groups of people that try to brainwash you maybe maybe not it's i see it as almost as something like um um defense mechanism of the state itself like uh i don't remember where this was but you know that basically the state is a living thing right like the state is alive um not that it has um let's say ability to think obviously it's not a it's not a being but it's alive and it can happen that the state or many other uh, groups of people automatically without anyone in it wanting to do it maybe because it's the will of them all put some things in charge like how do i explain this it's almost like automatically the state makes it so that you don't think about the state dying without the politicians and all the other people inside of the state actually wanting to do that it's almost like if, if you are a politician you don't think about the state dying most likely if you are a bureaucrat you don't think about the state dying if you are let's say if you are a police officer you don't think about the united states falling and if you are like a senator you don't think about the united states falling so if you don't think that nobody's going to be encouraged to think that and nobody is encouraged to think that this could actually fail nobody's going to think about solution and when the solution presents itself nobody's going to believe it and that's that is uh, like the reason like the every empire falls nobody think the empire can fall then when it falls everyone in this is in disbelief something like that wow mate okay i'm so bullish for the future if our teenagers are, are thinking and and talking like you um <clears throat> because i certainly wasn't at your age um so i'm i'm interested into is it bitcoin that's pulled you into all of this kind of like you know studying philosophy reading the sovereign individual uh, or was that already something kind of you were interested in outside of studies uh, you know self led direction already what it was it was bitcoin it was truly bitcoin uh really? this is quite funny so um i have not a great memory okay i am not really someone that can remember things long term unless i write them down so i so far from what i can remember i can remember only like my memory goes as far as 2017 right to the moment i started bitcoin before that i only remember little pieces of you know the basic stuff you remember when you were younger right i don't know how much you remember about your childhood but you know when i got into bitcoin suddenly i started remembering i started remembering everything since then and it's almost like and i don't want to make it too uh spiritual but it's almost like when i got into bitcoin i was reborn because i didn't have any interest i didn't think about i, I was doing basic child childish stuff childhood basic stuff playing with my friends doing stuff like that not concerning me uh of you know economical philosophical questions and stuff like that but when i got into bitcoin 
I started looking in each of these things. I started to look into philosophy. I started to look into um, politics. I started to look into um, financial stuff. I started to look into, you know, uh, programming, coding. So, and 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 this is this also really came as something good because here I do a classical high school. Uh, so we study as like main subjects, uh, philosophy and Greek, Latin, um, uh, literature. So we, we go over these subjects in school. But when I go over them, I go over them with a Bitcoin mentality. When my friends go over them, when my classmates go over them, they go over them with a fiat mentality. So we have different views but you know i could find bitcoin in so much of what um we study in school uh, i can give you an example so um okay everyone talks Let, let's do this everyone talks about the greeks as the ones that you know were the ones that created democracy yeah and the biggest promoters of uh, democracy, you know, democracy, the best uh, government system and everything like that. Well, that's not quite true. Uh, if you go and read a couple of Aristotle, uh, Plato, they say that democracy is good. But democracy has a um, really uh, dangerous way of being able to uh, degenerate in demagogy. I don't know if you say demagogy in English. Uh, in Italian, we say demagogia, uh, which is basically, you know, you have um, you have monarchy and becomes tyranny. You have um, how do you say it? not oligarchy? Uh, mm, well, yeah, the government of the few, like the oligarchy, degenerates in something worse, and democracy degenerates in demagogy. So I was like, how do you stop all these government like systems of that de to degenerate into something worse? Because the Greeks didn't have a solution. Like they offered us offer a solution, but long term that too would degenerate in something worse, right? So I was like, Bitcoin is the solution. Like oh, my pen fell. Okay. Um, Bitcoin is the solution because, <laughs> you know, as you read in the sovereign individual, there is a model of how a governing body should work that perfectly fits with Bitcoin. So the example in the sovereign individual is make uh, governments, private companies and make taxation voluntary. So basically they sell their services. And that's basically the answer to what these philosophers were asking themselves. Like they were asking themselves, how do we make governments not degenerate and becomes, become something bad? And there were no answer until Bitcoin came along. Like there were no possible solutions to this problem until Bitcoin came along. Now, we have not tested it. We will probably see this, you know, happening, you know, some years. But it's the only reason why we could try this and it could work is because we have Bitcoin. So 
Bitcoin is solving problems that were identified 2000 years ago. And it's like, now you tell me that's not one of the biggest revolution in the, like, in the history of the human race. It's like, 2000 years ago, a, a guy wearing some, you know, toga in, you know, a big marble city thought, oh yeah, governments don't work for this reason and then they get bad and how do we solve it? And they don't know. 2000 years go by and some other guy creates something that can solve that problem. And now that's a big, big, big creation, like important. Um, so yeah, so this is an example of how I see that. When, when, you, when we studied this philosopher, I was like, wait a second, we have the solution now. Um, and, it, and it comes to many other, um, many other problems. I'm, for example, I'm so hyped to read uh, the Fiat, Fiat Standard uh, by Seyfedin by, by because basically everything he, would, he will write, or I don't know if you already finished it. I think it's going to come out like this year. Everything that he has written inside that book could be sold by Bitcoin. And I bet it's a lot of stuff that could be sold. Yeah, he 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 has finished it. He's putting the finishing touches to it. And uh, yeah, he uh, he will be releasing it, hopefully, start of um, <clears throat> end of this year, start of next year. That's good. Mate, I, I'm sitting here smiling and nodding my head and uh, listening to you. And I can't believe how well-spoken you are and well-educated you are. And to 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 realize that this is the thing with school, right? You, you sit there and you just listen to the flapping head at the front of the mm-hmm. room and you have nothing to connect it to. You have no motivation to listen to it. You have no interest in it. But now you can apply the Bitcoin lens to everything that he or she is saying or anything that you're reading. I can't believe you're reading um, Aristotle and Plato. I mean, <laughs> this is uh, so, so great. Um, that, y- yeah, it must be, you must want to stand up on your desk and just scream, Bitcoin fixes this. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. At, uh, at every level. When we <laughs> yeah. But and it's... yes, we do use the word uh, demagogue. Yeah. <clears throat> demagogue, yeah. And I'll just read you the um, yeah. I'll just read you the definition of demagogue for those listening. Yeah. Um, it will hit home pretty hard. A leader who obtains power by means of impassioned appeals to the emotions and prejudice of the populace. Uh, so there you go. That's what democracy leads to. Yeah, and actually, there is. If you wanna, I don't know if the listener now listeners want a, a good example uh i am thinking of the name so we do we do literature greek literature and there is this uh this guy that makes comedies you know greek theater big thing uh it's called oh mm, man my my teacher is gonna kill me if she knows i forgot his name wait a second i'm gonna google it uh sorry um um so there is let me tell you in, yeah um so there is okay it's called uh the knights uh it's made by uh wait, 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 wait. okay i can't remember i'll search it later but this guy is called cleone 
Okay, it's a demagogue. So this um, this comedy illustrates the perfect image of the demagogue. So is the leader of a political party. Um, he takes support, you know, he, he, he gains support from the populace by his ability to, by his rhetoric ability, by his ability to uh, capture them with his good speeches, right? But that in reality are empty. There is nothing there. He's just using, he's just really good at talking and, you know, capturing their interest, capturing them so that he can gain political power. Uh, he does not really believe in what his party stands for. His party is just, you know, a facade for his person. So everything is centered on him um, and is the center of attention. Uh, he owns all the power. Um, and that's kind of, you know, what's happening right now, you know. Um, and that that's how democracy dies. You know, when, when the people... When the person at the head of the party is more important than the party itself, then we have a problem, you know, and, you know, that, that can, you know, become more stuff and more stuff and more stuff. I'm trying to find out who this guy is. Uh, wait a second. Uh, I, I'm, I'm ashamed. Yeah, you basically I... just described modern day politics. Yeah, and that's the problem. Uh, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't see. It's it's like when you have political ideals, your ideals should not be identified in a single person, right? It's almost it's almost like you don't have to. It's almost like slay your heroes. You don't have to trust to put your trust in that person just because the person shares your ideals or because, you know, they're good at talking. Uh, it's almost like don't trust their words, you know, see what they do kind of thing. That's that's the beauty of Bitcoin. Everything that goes right, slay your heroes, don't trust what they say, watch what they do, uh, don't trust verify. Everything can be applied to everything in a good way. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. And, you know, seeing everything they teach me in school with a Bitcoin lens, that's really powerful. Because the, the thing about school is this, the, the teachings they give us are not bad inherently, inherently, right? What they teach us about history and philosophy, it's not bad. It's not something that lacks value, right? The, the substance is there. The thing is that they do not teach us how to decide for ourselves what is good and what is bad in those teachings, what we should take and what we should avoid. And I'm not, I'm not saying that the teacher should tell us what is good and what is bad, because that's kind of indoctrination, isn't it? They have to teach us how to get there ourselves you know and they don't do that because you know you're not encouraged to you have to be a good tax slave you don't have to be someone that is able to critically think and you know see 
you know, see outside that what I was talking about, see outside of the system itself you live in, say this system is gonna fall or is falling right now. So I better save myself or do something, not just be there and wait for it to fall. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's what I think. Because I go, I go to a, a school that I think is good. It's a good school. I, I like my professor. They're smart people. Uh, um, they have taught me a lot. Uh, I surely have gained value from them. But it's but that one is because like I, I am able like to see it differently. But two, because what they teach actually is, is interesting. It's hard, yes. Uh, it's a pain in the ass when you have to study it, yes. But in the end, it gives you something more. Um, it's just that they don't teach it the way it should be taught. That makes me kind of sad. Yeah, mate. Don't get me started on the current education system. Um, I don't know if you've ever listened to the podcast before, but uh, it's definitely... Uh, a natural, um, a natural bent of mind. Uh, yeah. We could talk it. <laughs> yes, we can definitely talk about that more if you want. Um, the yeah. my, my daughter, my oldest daughter, is almost sixteen, and she goes to the local lycée here in France. And mate, the stuff they're teaching her, there is no value to that. Like, it's just shocking. She she had a socioeconomic class the other day. And the, the lady at the front of the classroom was teaching her about a class system. And the, the way it works is uh, if you can afford to do hobbies such as horse riding or play golf, then you are deemed as upper class. And if you play football, you are deemed as lower class. And she's telling me this. And I'm like, what were you thinking the whole time that she's saying this in the classroom? She's like, I was just shaking my head. I couldn't believe what was coming out of her mouth. I'm like, but what about the other kids in the classroom? What are they thinking? What is the poor kid that has been playing football for the last eight years and has just made the team, the local best team? What's he thinking now that he's just like some working class schmo? Like this doesn't make any sense, right? She's like, no, none of it makes sense. But I worry for the the other 98% of the classroom that's just sitting there thinking, Okay, I've just been put in my place. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. They want to close into that box, unable to escape, because then you'll be easier to, you know, impose stuff on. Um, I just wanted a little uh, thing. I came up with the name of the guy, Aristophanes, uh, the Greek um, guy that makes that made that comedy, and it's called Knights. So if anyone wants to check it out. Um, it's it's that it's pretty good it's a pretty good author uh i like him so yeah it's you know and that's the thing about school now i don't want to get too conspiracy theorist because sometimes i i i I hear myself say this stuff and i'm like dude you're fucking nuts oh can i swear or can i is there no swear policy no let's go let's go man i the, i'm okay. i'm ready i'm ready for this let's okay. let's rant uh, let's rant you can swear you can do whatever you like as long as your mum as long as your mum allows you to swear then that's, oh, that's she fine doesn't understand me. english it's good <laughs> so <laughs> so it's like sometimes when i listen myself say this stuff i'm like yeah that, that makes sense right it makes sense 
some other time i'm like dude you're fucking crazy it's not like that it's not that deep like the the system is not corrupt to that point and you know sometimes i believe there is like a small group of people that can you know uh do what i want and you know makes all this stuff happen and sometimes i think that it's just the system itself as i said before with the um talking about the sovereign individual thing like the system itself is alive it's a automatic thing that the system does not because there is the will of a small group of people that makes it happen but because it's the you know will of all the people in the system that makes it happen so any of those two could be it but the system does not gain from people going out finishing school and being smart not smart because not smart in the way you know how to do math you know how to build a rocket you know how to code you know how to uh you know be a be a lawyer but smart in the sense of the way that you can call the bullshit out on the system itself you know uh, and and that i would do the same thing if i was in charge of the system it's not i'm not going to go like oh yeah i am ethically morally um uh not gonna do this no i'm, I'm gonna fucking do it like if i am in power right now i would do the same thing if i was fucking a dad of the federal reserve i would be printing so much money but that's because you know when you change sides you know when you are in a position of power um not a lot of people can avoid being corrupted by that power you know not a lot of people can stay true to their principles when you find someone that stays true to their principle even in a position of immense power now that's a great man um but it's not likely so it's 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 really um we need to expect that everything we do normally is in favor of the system itself um and yeah and that's that's why i think bitcoin will destroy it um and i don't know yeah that's the thing about schools they teach you how to be a loyal citizen even though sometimes you you not you don't need to be like you, you must not be a loyal citizen um and and let's take an example i like to make examples the capital riot or in january right Let's say no. Let's let's make let's make up an example, okay? And then we'll make a comparison. Let's say we are in Nazi Germany, and a group of political dissidents, you know, blow up a state, uh, you know, building. I don't know. We are in Berlin. A group of political enemies of the Nazi Party blow up a certain political building. Everyone calls them terrorists. Everyone calls them to be incarcerated or executed. Everyone is against them. Now, compare it to what happened at the Capitol. Someone does that thing. People call them terrorists. They want them to be incarcerated or other harsh punishments or stuff like that. Now, the comparison is there. The thing is not... And, and, and the system as different ideals like the system is different obviously america is not like nazi germany 
but they both react the same way to an attack on them. And the people that believe in those systems, even though they are completely different, kind of, react in the same way. So it's almost like, you know, it's, it's not like the players, okay, are, are bad. It's the game itself. It's the structure of the game itself that makes it bad. Um, not saying, obviously not saying that people like Nazis are good people. No, fuck no. Uh, but not, not the people inside of Nazi Germany are bad, you know? The heads of the Nazis were bad. Hitler were bad. All the commanders were bad. But the people inside of Nazi Germany, they lived in a system that completely brainwashed them. Now, they have a fault of their own. Yes, they weren't able to think outside of it. They weren't able to say, no, I'm not doing this, right? Or maybe they were just scared, you know? And the same thing is happening right now. The, the, dude, that's why I think, you know, that uh, America is dead. The American empire has fallen. That's my idea. Because when you have something that generates so much, when you have so much divergence in the people, when everyone is ostracized to a, to a certain party, so it's like there are two factions, and either you are one or the other, there is no nuance, right? You're either with us or you're wrong, there is no respect for someone else's ideas, there is not a possibility of compromise, then I know it's dead. Um, and I don't know if people believe me when I say this, but, you know, when the Roman Empire fell, nobody believed it fell, you know? The bureaucracy was the same, the school system was Roman, the tax system were Roma, was Roman, the army was still Roman, um, all the government, government bodies were Roman, the language was still Latin, you know, the festivities were still Roman, the religious was still, religion was still Roman, but Rome was dead. Um, and they realized that Rome was dead 300 years later. It's, it's crazy to think that most likely, the US, the, the American empire is already dead, right? Or at least it's dead, it's dead what we knew as the American empire, because there is still something there, but it's not the America that existed before. And, and there is something else now, and people will not realize it unless like 50 years from now, they will say, oh yeah, it's, it's actually dead. There is something else in its place. Uh, if you take, I don't know, the founding fathers right now, they would say this is not America. This is not it. And even though I am not American legally, I am not a US citizen, but I feel American. You know, that's the whole point of being American. You agree with what America stands for. You love America because of what it is. And then you are American. That's the whole point. Now looking at it, this, that's not what America. That's not the America I would sign up for, right? That's that's not what I would what I would give my life for. You know, people gave their life for America because they knew it was something good. They fought for it because they believed it was something different that it actually is. I don't know. 
it's sad. Every time that when something this big falls, it's sad. Hopefully we can make something better out of it, can we? We, we, we have the perfect tool for that. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't want to talk it too much publicly, but it's like, for, for reasons that I'm not going to get into now, but it's like, <clears throat> we are <clears throat> pretty well positioned if we wanted to take over, right? Um, it's like it's like we are at the start of the industrial revolution, and we know factory factories will be will be something really important in the industrial revolution. Factories, you know, and all this stuff, production, and and we're like, yeah, we have the monies, the money to buy a lot of factories. Why don't we buy a lot of factories and you know harness the power of this revolution? And it's like the same thing now, where. We're in a changing period. We know something is big is changing. We know why it's changing. We have the solution to the problem and the solution itself gives us also monetary uh, power. So it's almost like, you know, we know something is happening. We know why we have the solution. We have the means to do something. Maybe we should do something. And I'm gonna stop there because this is something to be discussed privately then but you know that's kind of the thing okay man appreciate it that's that's it it is such a an eye-opening time for us and what a you know we say it all the time don't we in the bits bitcoin space what a time mm -hmm. to be alive what a time to be exploring these ideas what a time to be use you know again to, to use the phrase applying a bitcoin lens to look back mm -hmm. thousands of years and tie all of those dots together and draw the straight line to this exact point that we're in and say, wow okay yes now i get it click 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 that all makes sense now um mm -hmm. i i want to ask you how how did you learn english because your english is of an excellent standard thanks so I have to give many thanks to my mother. Um, so let's go, let's, let, let, I'll set the context. So my mom, uh, she studied to be a doctor. Uh, she's a doctor. Um, but when she came from, from her family, like there was my grandpa and my grandma, and they had three sons, my mom and my two uncle, uncle and aunt. Um, and obviously in the 20th century, you know, my, uh, my father, my grandfather was, um, say, no, uh, how do you say someone that, wait, uh, oh, I don't know the English word. The one that Taylor, Taylor, the one that, uh, makes mm -hmm. that dresses. I yeah, don't know. So Taylor. Yep. Taylor, my grandma too, obviously. That wasn't that was bringing in a lot of money for three children, uh, and the, the the respect I have for my grandpa is enormous. Like he was a strong man in a in a in a difficult time. I have to I have so much respect for him because he, he was able to give my mom and my other aunt and uncles like the education they needed. And at that time, university education was actually good. That's the thing. So it was worth it. It was worth all the hard work to, to give them that university education. And that's why when I asked my grandma 
about university. She says, yeah, it's worth it because she remembers when she sent her children to school that university was actually important, but they don't know that, that something happened in between and that changed. Okay, but let's get back to the story. So my mother went to you know university and stuff like that, but when she, she knew that English was important, but when she talked to my grandparents, they were like, you either get the books and the thing to do you medicine, like study as a doctor in university, or you learn English because there is no money for that. So she was forced to choose uh, to, to go to university and to study for a bit, to be a doctor instead of being also able to learn English. For example, my aunt decided to, be, uh, to learn languages um uh, in fact in fact she knows quite a bit and and when my mom like when i when i was born my mom already had that in mind she had i'm not going to have to make my son choose to either education or english or something like that like she had to and i i have, i have so much i'm so grateful for that because since i was young she started to make me learn english from, you know, uh, mother tongues, uh, campuses, courses. Uh, then she sent me to schools where English was, you know, big, like an important part of the curriculum. And so, yeah, I ended up having quite a bit of knowledge. And then I have to thank Bitcoin too, because um, the reason why I am um, able to talk fluently is because I, I was able to talk to other members of the community, all the Zoomer uh, groups, uh, we, like talk with other Zoomers, uh, um, Twitter and everything. So that helped my uh, speaking ability. Also listening, that, that really helped. And, and now I can say that, and this is quite funny, um, like 90% of what I do online is English or more. And the thing is this, and this many bilingual people will be able to relate. I forget Italian words and substitute them with English ones. I forgot how to speak Italian. <laughs> so uh, it's almost like English is kind of taking over and I have to push it back because I don't want to forget Italian like I need it for school and everything. But yeah, there are times in which I'm speaking Italian. I don't, I don't, I don't remember the word, right? And... I either say it in English or take the English word, try to make it Italian and say it. And it sounds so dumb, but I don't know. That's that's kind of the, the problem. So, yeah, uh, thanks to my mom. I know English and I'm very grateful. How did you manage to open her eyes to Bitcoin? This... This is... Yeah, this is a good question because it wasn't easy. <laughs> so... At first, so I'm an only child, so that helped. Uh, I'm an only child, um, and that helped because obviously having not having brothers that makes more money available to spend on myself, like my mother to spend on me. Um, so I was like, she she gave me an allowance, and it wasn't a big one. Okay, so I started putting all of it into Bitcoin. I was like, Mom, I don't care about anything else. I want to buy this. Stop. Only this. And as I said before, I drip, 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 oh, I cannot say this word, drip fed, drip fed uh, her information. <laughs> and obviously, since it's my mother and I spend basically, you know, 
we share the house, we share everything because she's my mother. Uh, I I spend most of the time, especially during quarantine, with her. Um, I, I I was able to you know give them more, give her more information, and you know she's an intel- intelligent woman. She was able to come to the conclusion herself. Um, I was only there to give her the enough you know enough a kick of a Kickstarter to make her understand it on their own, on her own. And when she understood it, the basic concept, I was like, yeah, now we can go more into depth and we can talk about it. Now, uh, she doesn't like the idea of what I say. Like she understand it, understands it. She understands Bitcoin. She understands what will happen. The thing is this, she doesn't want what is going to happen, in my opinion, like the radical change in everything, you know? When you live all your life in a system which is quiet, peaceful, or at least relatively peaceful in Italy, I'm not obviously talking about other parts of the world, unfortunately, but, you know, when you lived into a system which is relatively quiet, peaceful, you know, easy, first world country, no, not, not a lot of worries, when someone comes there and tells you, yeah, uh, it's going to change everything, okay? There's going to be a period in between now and the next peaceful moment in which there is going to be a, quite a bit of chaos. And she was like, I can see that we, it will happen because you taught me, like you, you, you made me see these things, but I don't really want it to happen, you know? It's, it's scary. And, um, and obviously I welcome it. I welcome this chaos period for two reasons. One because of three, maybe one, because I'm young, right. And I don't really care. You know, I'm not someone that could be um, really affected by the system. Right. I don't have roots in the old system. Right. So I, I welcome the new one Two because I think I can gain and we can gain during this period of chaos quite a lot. Three, because I enjoy chaos. It's like, you know, Periods in between one another don't happen really often, right? And it's uh, lucky to be born in a period in, in in a time where you can experience that transitioning period. Um, and you know, it's the beauty of the, of history being cyclic. You know, being uh, all working around in the same cycle. So, being born in the middle of the cycle, yeah, it's peaceful. Uh, it's quiet, you don't have to worry about it, but it's boring also, you know? You don't get to see the end of that and the start of new. Um, and another thing maybe is because I think that this period will be one of the most important in human history uh, for the reason we talk, for the reasons we talked about, like 2,000-year-old problems being solved right now. That's quite important. Ne- never happened. So... That's another reason why I think this one would be a major one, a major transitioning period. So, you know, she's kind of scared and, you know, fair enough. Um, but yeah, she she got into Bitcoin. Like I got into Bitcoin and, you know, she I manage her Bitcoin too because she, she, she has Bitcoins herself. Uh, she's not really technical, so I have to uh, manage, her, manage it myself. But, you know... I taught their I taught her the importance of having having everything, owning your keys, offline backups, and everything like that. OPSEC, 
and that's it. Yeah. So I was lucky. I was lucky to have a smart mother that was willing to listen to my crazy, crazy things that I was doing. You know, having a 14 year old come up to you and being like, yo mom, you know, like uh, there is this thing, you know, it will change the world, you know, kind of a revolution. Give me like, do we put money into it? Do we put money into it? Like money to put into it? And she was, and you know, I was lucky. I was really lucky. Uh, because like talking with the other Zoomers. I That's think, amazing. Yeah, I don't know if you know about the Zoomers. You know, Nick, Sam, uh, Biri, Spook, Shami. Shout out to all the Zoomers. Bokis, uh, Seb, uh, Dylan. I don't know if you know all of them. But we have like a group chat where we talk. And talking with them, I realized that I am really lucky. Because like their, their parents are either um, against Bitcoin or they don't value it a lot. So, and even if they try to explain it to them the way I did with my mother, maybe they don't, you know, um, are able to catch on. So yeah, I, I, I'd say I'm pretty lucky. I knew of a few Zoomers out there. Nick, Nick is Nick can't mind, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> I'm going to have to reach out to more of you guys because it's so refreshing to hear uh, what are you guys going to do in the future? This is what I want to know. Like, what are you guys plotting? Are you, are you build uh, plotting, um, building companies? Are you plotting getting into like, uh, political roles? I mean, everybody's got a different kind of persona, obviously. What, what are the, um, what are the ideas you guys are kicking around? So, uh, we have created more of a joke, something called the I Council of Zoomers. Now that would give you a kind of a good idea of what we may want to do. You know, the I Council of Zoomers. We meme about it all the time on Twitter. Like someone posts something against Zoomers or a meme that we do not approve of, and we go like, "The High Council of uh, Zoomers uh, does not like what you posted." Uh, prepare for an annihilation and then we like put the gif of a nuke or like missiles being launched and shit like that so it's kind of a meme but ideally and i I, talking to them it's it's really like we don't want uh the um, the nine to five bullshit right we don't want to work for someone else like we do not need it we have bitcoin so we will be wealthy um we know stuff so most likely we will be like creating companies um, and stuff like that. In which sectors? I don't know. If we are talking about gaining political positions into the current system, not really, you know. Um, th- I do not want to jump into the sinking ship uh, and I don't either want to jump into the sinking ship to make it sh- to make it sink faster. Like I'm not... I'm not an accelerationist where I'm like, I have to get involved myself to make it go down faster. I I already know it's going down. Maybe accelerate the process in another way, but no no reason for me to expose myself that much. Um, Gain political powers after? Maybe. Uh, depends, Depends if, you know, it's built on something that can align with our principles. You know, when when gaining... When gaining political power, that's the important thing because you are gaining power over people. 
and that's quite a bit of a responsibility because I believe that you know once you being a politician is not something you should see as um, something positive for you okay it shouldn't be something where you say I become a politician I get that six-figure income and I do nothing or stuff like that because I believe that the moment you become a politician you are in debt with people and if you do something wrong I don't see what is the problem if those people show up with rifles under your house you know if you willingly do something that goes against what you promised like if you make a mistake that's fine everyone makes mistake but if you make something willingly bad against the people you promised to help or you know you took responsibility because you you have the power to affect their life you know and you make a willingly some a decision that is bad like against what you promised against what you stand for now i have no problem if those people want to show up you know guns blazing under your house because you know they have the right to do it um at least they should have the right to do it if they can um so having political power that's quite a big of responsibility and i have changed in a bit regarding my ideas regarding to government and that and the sovereign individual was a big influence in the past I was more of an anarcho-capitalist when I was like, yeah, fuck the state, fuck everything, you know, the state is bad, kill them all, purge, burn the shit down. But then I realized the whole point of uh, of being in a society is achieving order, right? Now, you don't want to achieve, because obviously if there is order, there is peace, there is no fighting, there is no wars, there is no suffering. At least you have to reduce that. But if you achieve order through bad means, like through a dictatorship, uh, through a tyranny, that's not really something gained, right? So how do I achieve order in such a way where the people keep their freedom, uh, keep their ability to choose, and you do not influence their life enough, like, like too much, you know? Because in the past, when you wanted to achieve order, you have to impose yourself on other people's lives, right? You have to take control over them. Like back in the day, during the Illuminism uh, like era, the state took over the church. The church was not anymore a vessel for people to save their lives. It was a political tool to control the masses. How do you avoid that? And that's, in my opinion, something the sovereign individual puts out pretty well. If if you make the government a private company that offers services and products, you call the in, instead of calling them citizens, you call them customers. Instead of calling them taxes, you make them voluntary and you you know and you call them, you know, the, the, the fee for the product the fee for the service or the price to pay for the product that should be a solution maybe um now it's not being tested it has never happened of my knowledge from what i know but it could happen you know it's most likely gonna happen uh also thanks to bitcoin um 
So maybe taking a position in that new type of government, I could see that come uh, happening. Like it would be interesting if it's if it's what I believe in and it aligns with what my principles. Then yes, I would. Uh, if it's something for the better that respects what I said, um, you know, the problem with every um, with every government is like, how do you give it enough power to be able to bring order? But how do you make it vulnerable enough to the people so that it could be taken down if it's bad? And usually we, we're talking about violence. So if a government is powerful, you need the people to be more powerful. So that's like the Second Amendment, you know? Every American citizen has the right to own a gun or more guns, whichever they want, because in, in case the government becomes tyrannical, they have the, it's their duty as Americans to go take it down. Now, how do you make that not violence? How do you take away the fact that it's not violence? And it's, and it's most likely the idea of money. You vote with your money. A government, you don't like what a government does, the products or the services it does, their agenda, you simply stop paying them your voluntary taxes and you, you know, go with another government. It's it's almost like you, you don't like Apple, right? Because, you know, you don't like their phones anymore. You go with Samsung. You stop giving money to Apple. Now, that opens up a lot of other problems. A lot. But it still could possibly be a solution. And it's a l too long to speak of right now. But that's, that's what I think. There's a few of these places that are trying to address this, right? Prospera. Uh, .hn are trying to put in uh, new governance um, kind of uh, models and also uh, free private cities, uh, Titus Gable's um, yeah, free private, I, initiative, which is very interesting. I knew about free private cities. I knew about free private cities. You know, but the thing is this, if they ask for permission, I think that free private, don't, I don't really know, okay? I, I just heard about them. But do free private cities, like I, they get land buy land from another government, right? Something like that. I don't know exactly how it works. Mm -hmm. There's lots of deep diving that needs to be done there, but it, they're basically special economic zones set up within existing uh, countries yeah. under, and you, you just pick and choose the, the, the parts of that governance that you want to use. And then you package that up into uh, something that can be, a contract for individuals to go and live within that special economic zone. So you sign the contract as you go in as to the serv the goods and services and the value that they're going to provide, and you are bound to that contract rather than the the overreaching full set of governance from the the host country, yeah. if you will. That's the way I understand. It may, it. I like yeah, I like the the idea of con the contract. It goes back to the social contract by Rousseau and all these other. Uh, thinkers, political thinkers. Uh, but, you know, I like the idea. It's it's interesting. I, I will need to look into it more. But, uh, and this is my kind of my point. If you have to ask for permission, are you really free? That's kind of my point. It's, you will not see, now, it's a great initiative, but you will not see truly free private governments 
until the government, the, the nation state, is weak enough that you take over, right? It's almost like, it's, it's not really a win if you go there and say, hey, we give you money, can we get that land and you grant us these rights uh, or these freedoms? And they go like, yes, okay, we grant them to you, we give them to you. Um, and, you know, they have the power to take it away. As, as much they have as much power to take it away as, as they gave it to you um, so it's almost like the, the perfect solution would be like the nation state is dying you take over either by force which is you know not good but you know as I said period of chaos it could happen it will happen in my opinion or you just say hey look you're dying that piece of land, I buy it from you, like I give you some money, not a lot, I give you enough, I take it, you don't do enough, and you know they're not powerful enough to take over it if they want it. That's kind of the point. But yeah, it's a start to it. It's a it's a, it's a start to, to, to it. And dude, it's crazy how the sovereign individual predicted a lot of stuff. Predicted Bitcoin, predicted... Um, it predicted, hell, it predicted COVID. It predicted this new private government. It, it predicted a lot of stuff. Uh, and it, it's cool. It's cool. It's crazy reading it now. I never read it before. Uh, so to read it now and just like have all of this unfold in front of your eyes, you're like, oh my God, how did they, how did they call this? This is crazy. And it makes me wonder yeah. how many people in positions of power have read it because you know Reese Mogg was uh, on the on the very edges of uh, politics I mean his son Jacob Reese Mogg is in the House of Commons yeah. you know right now he's in politics uh, so I wonder how many people have read it you know it's that's a really interesting thing because as they said the system does not want you to think outside of it now, if you take the people in the art of the system itself, what would they think about? Like, what would they do? How would they act differently if they knew about this? If they think, oh, well, the system I am in the art of, like I am a, um, I'm someone that works closely to it, is falling. What do I do? Do I save myself? Do I take power where it falls? You know, people that knew that the empire was falling back in the Roman days either tried to save themselves or most likely tried to gain power from it, you know, especially military commanders. In the last years of the empire, many military commanders declared their gen, like many legions declared their general, the new emperor. Uh, it was an age of civil wars and you know it could happen again I don't know hopefully not um, I was gonna talk about something oh yes I have it now question to you and maybe to the listeners have you ever read uh, The Cycle of the Foundation by Asimov I have not okay uh, it's a great book it's sci-fi Written in the 50s, I believe, yeah. Uh, now, why am I talking about it? Because there is a particular thing inside of these books. It's more than one. Uh, the famous one is a trilogy, then there are more. I suggest to everyone to read it because it's uh, Asimov is the father of sci-fi. Uh, the reason why Star Trek, Star Wars, and everything else exists 
is because Asimov wrote these books. Um, now, I, I, inside of this, um, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just going to give it a little bit of context. There is a galactic empire modeled after the Roman Empire that is falling, it's dying. After an enormous rule of thousands of years, the galactic empire is dying. And there is someone that predicted it, right? He predicted it through something that Asimov calls uh, psychohistory. And it's a bunch of mumbo-jumbo stuff about like sociology, mathematics, you know, studying of the masses. And he basically says this, through all this process of psychohistory, if you study a large enough amount of people without the people knowing that you're studying them, you are able to predict the future of what will happen in some of a probability way. And when I read it, I was like, okay, yeah, th this is a cool concept, right? But it's not really true. Like, you can't make a mathematic formula and, you know, fucking predict the future. Well, I was kind of wrong, because that's what I think the writers of The Sovereign Individual did. They looked back at history, they applied all these disciplines relating to human, human, uh, yeah, human interaction within each, within uh, like between each other, sociology, human incentives, and all the other stuff. They try to identify if this, um, see, like let's say, we act in a cert certain way right now. They try to see if in the past our ancestors were acting the same way we are acting right now, and they try to see the outcome of that. And I mean. That's kind of trying to predict the future, not because you're Nostradamus, but because history is the greatest teacher. Maybe the things that are going to happen, happen before. And that's kind of the thing about history being cyclic, being a cycle. And maybe the things that are going to happen are a slight variation of what happened before, you know? And through all this process, you can understand it. So... What I came to the lesson is, is, okay, damn, Asimov wasn't wrong with, with this thing. Like, it's possible to come up with what could happen in the future. Now, the book is obviously fiction. He exaggerated it. Like, obviously, like, uh, Aris, this guy, I don't want to say his name, the, 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 the guy in the book predicted a, many years, I'm not going to spoil it, sorry, predicted many years after when he done the, he's done the calculation. Obviously, that's not possible right now, but there is some truth to it. That's the, the cool thing, and that's what I think uh, they did for a sovereign individual, and that's really something, because if you're able to think about outside the system, and you're smart enough, and you know about this, you can be able to, you know, predict the future a bit, or make assumptions about the future. That's a better word, I'd say. And the other book, very, very well known in the space is The Fourth Turning, which does the, the same kind yeah. of thing. I'm not the sure if you've thing, uh, yeah. read that one yet. Not yet. I know about it. I read some stuff on Twitter about it. I like the idea. Uh, it's more specific. It divides the cyclic nature of history in more, it goes more into the specifics of that. I like the idea, yeah. And we are. At the first turning right now. 
we are, if I'm not wrong, we yeah. are at the point where it's like, it's finished, like this, it's going to change again. So we'll see how it goes. Ideally, ideally, we gain enough power to make positive change and to keep that power and pass it down, hopefully. You know, the age of an empire is like 250 years old. Now, the Roman Empire was kind of a exception. I'd say I'm biased. Uh, it's, I'd say the Roman Empire is the greatest empire ever. There's nothing to match it. There is so much, not talking only like land-wise, not talking territory-wise, but everything, culture, language, everything they pass down. Hell, in Italy, we still drive on their fucking roads. There are roads here in Italy which are 2,000 years old and we keep driving on them. It's crazy. It's like, tell me of another empire which which their roads survive, not their monuments, okay? Like, there are so many empires and their monuments survive, right? I'm talking about the fucking roads, something that people drive on constantly. It's like, the reason why Europe is so well connected is because 2,000 years ago, guys with swords and sticks built enormous road across the Europe, all the European continent. And we still use them. That's crazy. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. And, you know, when you come at the end of an empire, okay, let's say the American empire is finished, we are either, we, we should be in a medieval time, right? You know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's like an empire fell. Now there are the dark ages, right? But what I don't get, because I'm trying to make references, talking about trying to assume what will happen in the future, I'm trying to make references. It's like the Roman Empire and the American Empire are similar. Let's say the American Empire fell. What happened after the Roman Empire fell? Medieval ages. What should happen after the American Empire falls? Medieval ages. Now, there is a problem with that. When the Roman Empire fell, uh, progression in the scientific medicine, like medicine and all these other fields wasn't getting better. Like people stopped speaking Latin because there were no schools to teach them anymore because the empire fell. Uh, arts, um, no, arts is not a good, good example. I could talk about that later. But, you know, medicine uh knowledge uh and everything fell now how come medicine is getting better like let's say that the american empire i don't know when it fell okay it could be um it could be when uh the federal reserve was created when uh I don't know, uh, or could be 1973, could be when Bitcoin was born, uh, could be when Trump was, uh, like the, the, the American uh, President Trump was taken down, I think illegitimately. Uh, now, uh, everyone can have a different view on it, but it so comes that the last emperor of Rome, Romulus Augustus, was deposed illegitimately. So, 
you know, there are comparisons to be made. But the thing is this, usually if we are in medieval ages, we should see that everything gets worse. Does that make sense? Yeah. So why is medicine getting better? Why is the internet growing? Why was Bitcoin born? Like Bitcoin is one of the greatest invention in our in the history of the human race. I cannot think that Bitcoin was born during medieval ages. It doesn't make sense. It should be the opposite. It's almost like we either finished the medieval ages already or there are none. Uh, which is strange. I would welcome that. Maybe there is, like, as I said, there's this small period of chaos in which everything gets fucked up for a while and then, you know, everything gets better again, hopefully. Because Bitcoin has really the potential to start the biggest golden era in human civilization. It does. All the dots connect. Uh, it's, uh, so it's kind of, it, it's almost like this time trying to predict history because of the cyclic nature of history won't work well because something big has changed, right? A new variable has been introduced and the, the cycle that has been repeating itself is changed again. It's almost like, you know, before the agriculture, like agricultural revolution, we are basically monkeys. Then we start to, you know, tame dogs, animals, we start to farm. Well, that's a big change, you know? It's almost like it's happening again. Or, or, or the gunpowder revolution. The gunpowder revolution was the thing that destroyed feudalism, you know? Gunpowder was discovered, they started using for military purposes, and at some point, the central power, the king, had enough power to take back everything and concentrate the power on himself and become an absolute monarch. Then there came the Illuminism, king were taken down or chopped head off, or, you know, uh, a constitutional monarchy was born and there was like the, the birth of the national state, the democratic national state. But it's almost like now we are having a revolution, not quite the magnitude of the gunpowder revolution, right? Something bigger, almost the same magnitude or more of the agricultural revolution, which is Bitcoin. And yeah, that, that could change a bit. That would make sense why, you know, doesn't make sense why we don't have medieval ages right now. Maybe we could still have them, maybe in a different type, but I don't know. Only thing is time will tell at the end, if we want to acquire power, we will have to take a risk, okay? And if we're right, we will pay off a lot. And hopefully we're right. I believe we are. Absolutely. Just keep stacking sats, right? That's the uh, that's the, the underlying message whilst all of this yeah. is playing out. And yeah, who, who's to say, I mean, chaotic times. This last year and a half has been total chaos. I mean, like yeah. the, the globe hasn't faced anything like this magnitude of just you know locking people in their homes and the uh the consequences that come with that and the questions that come with that and it's it's been beyond strange and we're still going through it it's just what what's 
What's worrying is people are becoming complacent and used to it, and we shouldn't be. This is this this period yeah. needs a real pushback. Yeah, it's it's it, it comes down to another thing. Like I am all for pushing back against the state, but when the state is weak enough that we actually can win, right? Um, like I know many many could disagree with it. I know the period is you know showing the the worst regarding the powers in like the people in power right now that they do what they want they don't respect the personal freedom of people but it's not like we can do much right now like we can do something yeah we can face the consequence of that and i respect that everyone that takes uh that tries to change something now and accept the consequences massive respect I just think that our efforts, like it's not like the system is not dying. Yeah, the system is dying. I know people don't want to wait maybe um, to for the system to die off or to become weak enough to actually arm it, to make it bleed. Uh, it, it might be because I'm young, so I don't care about time. Like waiting five years, it's not much for me. But, you know, I have a different perspective, obviously than anyone else um, or some people um, but I just think that you know the state is not God the state can bleed just wait the, for the right time to strike that's the thing don't don't waste your blows I got a question about you, you brought up university and education earlier on and yeah. your your high council of zoomers are any of you guys planning on going to university? Is this a, necessi a necessity for you guys anymore? Because, I mean, you, you said it pretty much, you know, when when your grandmother was sending your mother to school, you, you one, it was affordable and you got huge amounts of value for it. But times have changed, right? The, the value and the experience of university has fallen off a cliff, whereas the price of it has just skyrocketed. So what, yeah. what, what, do you guys how do you guys look at it and what's kind of going through your mind when you you know question your future yes yeah, so, so first of all about here in italy uh, the situation is different from the us so i do believe that the value you get from university is roughly the same depends also if you go and see like a ivy league university uh it's probably more value you get there from an Italian university, maybe not. Maybe in Italian there is in Italy there is not a lot of that uh, communist leftist brainwashing in uh, schools and universities. So the actual value might be bigger, like better in Italy. I don't know. Depends on what people value, but the cost here is not much. Uh, in like comparison to the to the US, it's another story. In here in uh, okay, I already talked myself so many times, so I don't care. I live in Milan. The most expensive university that I know of here in Milan, the maximum it would cost you one year is 15K, 15K euros. So let's say, I don't know, $18,000, $20,000. And it's like the top tier. It's like the Ivy League of Italy. Uh, instead, like an American university, was it like $60K? So like 50K euros, something like that. You know the, the price difference is big, um, and we and, and the state-run university are actually good. Um, 
But yeah, about the Zoomers. So that's dif- that's that's the difference. About the Zoomers, um, I know some that go to university because they, I am the youngest there. Uh, I know some that go to university uh, and I know some that either dropped out. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They either dropped out or they go still to university. Um, for example, Nick. I, I don't think it's a problem if I talk about Nick. He talked it on Twitter a lot. Uh, he dropped out. And he went to work in a Bitcoin, Bitcoin magazine, Bitcoin company. Uh, and that's that's a really, really awesome thing. You know, you don't agree with the with what they teach you, with the system, with everything. And you're like, well, I'm not going to do it. And to be able to find a job with something you really love, which is Bitcoin, it's 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 really great. So I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, and yeah. So that's what Nick did. He dropped out. Um, I know some that still go. Uh, most of them do like computer science. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna do. It's kind of I'm kind of torn apart. <laughs> it's like I have time. Money is not a concern. It's like do I really want to go through that bullshit? It's it's coming down to should I like. Give it, does it give me value without taking away time I could spend otherwise in something better? And I'm still trying to understand. Uh, my mother wants me to go, like a lot. My mother wants me to go a lot to university. She's like, you're going to university. I don't care. And I'm like, yeah, my mom's going. I'm going. Don't worry. And I'm like, do I really need to? It's, I don't know. It's It's a hard decision because... I am being pushed by my family to go and I am being pushed by all the old, the Bitcoin space and what my friends did to not go. Um, there are obviously some people in the Zoomer chat that say, yeah, go like do something like, I don't know, computer science. That might be cool. But that's not what I want to do like as a, for my life, you know, my life. Like I don't want to be, if I become a programmer, and work maybe in a Bitcoin company, I don't know, would be cool. Um, that's not what I want to do for life, you know, unless I really like it. And I don't think I will like it so much to the point where I will decide that that, that will be what I will do for life. Um, I don't know. I I have to decide. I got one year and a half to decide, let's say, yeah maybe one year approximately i was gonna say you're making this decision through the lens of a bitcoiner right so you understand opportunity cost whereas most people when they get to this age they just they just blindly follow they just head down off to university it's almost like a like the social construct around them this this is what they expect and if you don't go then you're a failure and that is such a dangerous place to be and like the language around, like you were just saying that Nick dropped out of, of university, for any for any Zoomers listening to this, try and change that language to opted out rather than dropped out because there's there's something really negative around the word dropped out. I mean, it's it's there, it's that that term is there for a reason to make you feel like a failure. That's bullshit. So Nick opted out in in my view, and he went and did something yeah. that he was really really passionate about. So if you can drive that to all your fellow Zoomers, then uh, I'd be uh, I'd appreciate that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try to orange peel mode zoomers, but as I said, it's not gonna be forced because when you force it upon them, you become the enemy. Uh, they, they activate that defense mechanism where they go like, oh, you're trying to push me into this forcefully, then you must have something to hide. And it's like, we don't have anything to hide. We only wanna, you know, we have gained so much from this that it has no reason why we shouldn't pass it on. And also if we pass it on, you know, we accelerate adoption, we even may, we, we gain even more. Um, it's like a Ponzi scheme, but a good one because, because you wanna spread Bitcoin to others. And the good thing about this Ponzi scheme, is not gonna collapse. Satoshi Nakamoto made the first Ponzi scheme that will not collapse. That's a good. That's that's a good headline for for Forbes or whatever bullshit media, <laughs> mainstream media they want to write. Um, talking of which, talking of media, if if I can ask you about what what do you guys feel about when you see the the mainstream media narrative around like the generational wars? Because I kind of just shake my head. I, I hate it when they try and split boomers and millennials. And Oh, I mean, um, yeah. So Zoomers see it more as a meme. So we use it as meme content. Uh, you know, since we are the youngest in the Bitcoin space, when we have a disagreement with someone like a millennial or older, we just call them boomer and, you know, be like, not a problem anymore. We don't have to agree with you. You're a boomer. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a, a mean content. Um, the thing is that what I don't like about the the wars between generations is that, okay, most times stereotypes are real. Or I mean, have somewhat of truth in them. Now, it is... This is when stereotypes are made on, in general, right? You cannot make a stereotype about a small group of people, specific group of people, and they call it the, 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 the masses. You cannot make a stereotypes about a group of hipster and then call that all the millennials, right? That's kind of the point that I... It does not really represent generaliza generalization is both a very powerful tool and a really dangerous weapon. You know, it's it's a double, you know, is a is an I don't know if you guys say it in English. We say um uh, un coltello a doppio senza manico, a doppia lama or something like that. Basically, it says it's a it's a knife and instead of having a handle, it has another blade. So you can use it to slash at people, but you can slash yourself too. Um more more than talking about boomers, millennials, and Gen Z, Gen X, and whatever, it's more like it's another attempt to lock you in a box. And you shouldn't judge people because they were born in a period, so that makes them bad. You should try to understand why that period of time made them different from you. It's like, why do boomers believe university is much better? Well, because university was much better during them times. And they 
haven't changed their mentality yet, or at least the majority hasn't changed their idea, their view on university. Um, why do millennial millennials all seem like um, you know lazy, uh, depressed uh, people that do nothing with their lives? Well, you know the period they were burning doesn't give them much hope, does it? So there are exceptions, but it's more like you know what has made them that. It's not their fault, most likely. It's, you know, it's not they, it's not them that shaped the system. It's the system that shaped them. Um, I like, there is this quote from the foundation. I'm not quoting because I don't remember. I'm paraphrasing. From that wrote Asimov, where there are these two factions of people, okay? The good guys and the bad guys. And he said, well, if you switch the places, like if you take, the people, all the people from the good guys and switch them, put them in the position of the bad guys and the same thing for the bad guys into the good guys, they would have done the same things. Nothing would have changed because it's not them that are inherently bad. Now, it's not to say that there aren't bad people. There are bad people uh, and bad exists. But most likely, it's not them that want to be bad. Right? It's the system they were in that made them bad or good. It's almost, as I said, now we see us as the good guys because, you know, we are kind of revolutionaries. We want to end the nation state because we see the problems in the nation state and we want to bring something better that we see as good. Now, this is not to say that there isn't objective good and bad. There is objective good and bad. But the thing is that we are only good because we were in the right time, the right moment, smart enough to understand it, and willing enough to take it on. If we were in the shoes of the bad guys in the old system, we would probably have done the same. Um, so there isn't much difference, right? It's more like how are we shaped uh, than what we do. Now, that's kind of a deterministic view of society do i really like it no i am not really you know it's it's not finalized in my head okay it makes sense to some point to think it this way am i sure it is this way not really uh because it goes against other things i believe uh i am trying to understand it though because it makes sense in some situations um so yeah that's that's how i view it Mate, great to hear. All right, we've been talking for about an hour and 45 minutes already, so I'm going to hit you with the, the final question and um, see where this takes us. It might also lead us into a, uh, a bit of a rabbit hole. It, it generally does, but here we go. If you had one orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why? Oh, damn, that's hard. Um, who should I give it to? Well, well, we're, this is a this is quite a big responsibility. If I had only one left, you know, we're talking about salvation. Now, I don't want to make too many parallels to religion because 
I don't want to make it seem that Bitcoin is a religion itself. Like it has the resemblance of a religion. It is not a religion. But when you say giving a red pill to someone, what I hear is giving them salvation. Now, it's almost like we are the apostles and we're like, hey, there is this guy that is the son of God. You know, he can, you know, save your souls and, and stuff like that. Now, if I were an apostle and I could only save an, only one people left, like only one people now that's hard obviously we're not speaking of the same magnitude we're speaking of you know financial freedom uh, possible generational wealth still important not the same who should i give it to now two possibilities one is utilitarian utilitarianist and the other one is more morally correct let's say Ideally, if you're talking about morally correct, you would go like, I'll give it to the person that needs it the most, right? I don't know the person, maybe. I search for the person that needs it the most, and I give it to them. Might be someone from an hyperinflated country with hyperinflation. Um, might be someone that needs that Bitcoin mentality to escape his fiat cage. If we're talking about utilitarianist uh, perspective, I would give it to someone that I could need as an ally in the future, right? Either the Bitcoin plebs will need as an ally or me myself will need as an ally. Now, if we're talking about being kind of selfish and being utilitaristic, and maybe it's not selfish because if you obtain that ally, you become more powerful and you have more power to do good. You know, that's kind of the problem. I would I would certainly say someone powerful with a bunch of money, and if I can make him think like us, okay, and become, because we are a group of people that roughly think the same things, we fight each other every time, but that's good. That keeps the system healthy, um, fighting each other. Uh, but we all want the same thing, roughly. Uh, so I would say someone powerful, there could be a strong ally that once he joins us, he will be able to contribute. So I would say like Elon Musk. I know he's already into Bitcoin, but he's a fucking shit coiner. Like, you know, he's not, he's, he has not the same mentality. If you, could, if, you could, if you could make Elon Musk as Michael Saylor, now that would be good. You know, we would have so much more influence over everything. You know, if... If he becomes like Michael Saylor and he just market buys all the with all Bitcoin with Tesla money, like all the Tesla monies, Bitcoin, apart from the immense massive price uh, gain and you know the hype behind it, the politicians would never try to to attack Bitcoin ever again because the richest man in the world is backing it up. You know, I don't know if that's a good thing. Probably yes, but yeah, something powerful that can be that can be a good ally in the future for what's to come. Uh, so yeah, that's my answer. Love it, mate. And just watching you think it through again makes me question the fact that you're only seventeen, uh, but you can think this critically and you can. I was saying Bitcoin. I don't know. Sped up, sped up my my mental. Uh, how do you say growth 
something like that. It's like mm-hmm. usually someone becomes mature when they're like in I don't know early twenties. That's also that's also why you shouldn't give like a shit ton of debt to seventeen year olds for university. That's just dumb. They don't know what to do with it. Uh, but you know, someone becomes mature around their twenties. It's almost like I was on that path, right? I was on the path to become mature around my twenties. That Bitcoin came in like a maniac and you know just like made sped up the process. Uh, and that's that's really good because you know I have something many people don't, and that's time. And obviously, another thing that you know I, I have time, I have more time to do stuff, I have more time to think it through. Uh, I can play on time when other people cannot. I can wait. Other people may not be able to wait. Uh, but something that is really dangerous, and I have come to realize this because I'm really lazy, um, and I procrastinate a lot, is that when you have time you're not really compelled to do stuff really fast, even if you should. So that's kind of a negative. It comes with both positives and negatives, I would say. But yeah, uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is hell of, a, hell, of a, hell of a thing. I don't know how I could define There is no way to define it, really. You can define only a small thing about it. You cannot define all of it at once, I think. Yeah, mate. Well, it's been such a pleasure getting to know you and uh, having this conversation and learning more about the the other Zoomers that are out there. I'd love to um, hang out with the High Council at some stage and uh, introduce myself and, and be exposed to more of you guys because this uh, is uh, this uh, just makes me bullish as fuck. I'll submit I'll submit a request, a former request to the other to the council, to the High Council, and we we shall deliberate on this request. Yes, I'll shoot, I'll shoot a DM on the group chat. I'll tell you, hey, guys, uh, message him, you know, if you want to jump on a podcast, really cool, good times, and, you know, I'll tell them. Absolutely. And I'm going to start working on my daughter to try and start hanging out with more guys uh, like yourselves because uh, she, she won't listen to, you know, boring old dad, but she might listen to uh, people around her same age group that – are going through the enlightenment of, of Bitcoin and, uh, and learn from you. So anyway, a huge thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, before we end, please tell people where, where to come and find you and, and how to uh, interact with you. Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Geki, so G-E-K-Y-Y-Y, uh, three Ys. And yeah, basically there. And, you know, give, give great many thanks to Al. So for, you know, um, suggesting me as um, uh, as a guest. So everyone, you, you guys got to jump on uh, Dirtbag Friday. Uh, I, I should come back too. School is not that hard anymore. So I, I will be back and, you know, meet you all there. And thanks so much for having me on your pod. Really great. Really great times. Great pleasure, man. Take care and I'll see you again soon. Everybody, thank you for tuning in and listening to that episode with at Geki. Please go and follow him if you're not already on Twitter. What an amazing mind this young man has and what a vision he has for the future. And just 
being able to join all of these dots, sitting in a classroom, looking at everything he's being taught, look at everything he's studying through the lens of, of Bitcoin and being inspired to pick up these kind of books and delve deeper into these topics just to see how it all relays to, to present day and how Bitcoin has kind of solved, like he said, 2000 year old problems. And what a time to be alive, guys, when we have our teenagers with this mindset thinking this way it's incredible to hear and it makes me um, very very bullish as you probably kind of picked up in that interview thanks for coming on mate really appreciate it i'm really looking forward to meeting more of the azumas the high council has anybody been burned by the high council of zoomers out there any of you listeners have you run across them yet watch out watch this space all right, before we end the show, please make sure you go and check out the website, once-bitten.com. You'll find out a little bit more about me and you will get uh, a peek into the book, Choose Life, which I wrote and released back in 2017. Thank you, as always, to all of you guys for rating the show or subscribing, reviewing, retweeting, the banter on Twitter, whatever it is you bring to this, I really appreciate it. I want to give a shout out to the show sponsors. That's coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten. In Europe, it's relay, R-E-L-A-I dot C-H forward slash bitten. Across the pond in the US, it's swanbitcoin.com. You guessed it, forward slash bitten. That will get you free 10 bucks when you sign up. And if you want to start taking control of your keys, not your keys, not your cheese, make sure you get a Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. It is the Bitcoin only edition brought to you by shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten. Guys, I love you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I look forward to uh, your response and reaching out and your replies from this one with Geki. Thanks for coming on again, brother. Take care.